come before your throne of grace. We like that we can find mercy. We like that we can find grace that helps us in our time of need. And, Father, we need you every minute of every hour of every day. I know that for a fact in my life, and I thank you, Lord, that you have made us more than conquerors. You have made us overcomers. You have made us successful, made us blessed to be a blessing. You've made us into your likeness and image, and you're still working to perfect us more and more. So we love you for that. We honor you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. So we're going to talk today about the fact that the healer lives in you and lives in me. So you have a resident healer on the inside of you. So you're not looking for anything from the outside to come or uh, everything that you you need is already in you because... Christ lives in you, amen, in the person of the Holy Spirit. Everything that you need is already inside. Everything that you are seeking, you already possess. And so what we do, we have to extend our faith into these things and appropriate them by faith, amen, and allow faith to work its work that it it is called to work in us. Work the work the work. <laughs> so, um, and, and that, that should give us comfort. That gives me a great deal of comfort. Lord, I'm not waiting on anything to happen from the outside. I'm not waiting on you to do anything else. I'm waiting on me to believe that it's already done. We need to believe that more things are possible than we have ever seen and, and allow ourselves to do the imagining that God wants us to do so that we can receive the things that he has for us. Um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm always seeking uh, better things. I'm seeking healing for my little dog, Coco. You all know about her. She has an eye condition that really looks bad, but it doesn't give her any pain by God's mercy. And it doesn't, she can see well enough to get around. She can get, all she's interested is in food and her sleep. So, you know, I'm interested in other things, but you know, God gives me peace about it. And I just always say she has her new eyes right now. She's got all she needs right now. She has it right now. And so I'm interested in God doing great things. And, and I began to allow my imagination to see her eyes like they were when they were perfect. You see, that helps your faith. That helps your faith. Because if you can see things that be not as though they are, we call them that be not as though they are, but you can see them too. You know, all of the visual, the hearing, the speaking, it all works together and it helps your spirit man to put that picture together and the expectation gets stronger. You begin to expect things in a greater and greater way. And I think many times we resist letting ourselves get excited about things because we always look at disappointment. Well, if you, if you have an appointment with it from God, he says you have it already. So how are you going to be disappointed if you have it already? So you're never going to be disappointed. The Bible says if you hope in God, you will not be confounded ashamed or disappointed it's all the same word and so let your hope soar let your hope get loose in god let his word bring you hope 
And I'm not talking about some carnal imagination where you see yourself a multimillionaire and, you know, not that God can't do that for you. But work on getting bills paid first. You know, get excited about that. Work on a good job uh, promotion and, and, and that kind of stuff. And take the steps necessary in between to get you to where God wants you to be. Because I think some of the people's, sometimes when we see people miss it, it's because they don't know their steps in between where they are now and where they want to be. You know, you, you'll see people, uh, people who are always posting, you know, uh, phrases, slogans, and encouragement. You know, you gotta watch some of your encouragement people. Cause sometimes they're fantasizing about about where they want to be because they hate where they are so much. And see, faith will never rise up in a, in a heart of disappointment and a heart that's already known too much failure. There's a reason why people continue to miss it. Uh, and I think it's because they don't realize there's some steps in it's like if, if you, if you look at yourself where you are and there's a, a pond in between you and the next dry land. You've got to figure out, do I have the strength to make that leap or do I have to find something that I can step on in the interim and let that be a good place to land for a season and keep my expectation for the next thing? And I think people don't really understand that sometimes about how God works. You know, he works pretty much like we, like normal people would do things. Because normal people always do things by faith, you know, and faith is, is strong. Our faith is strong, but our faith does have to be developed. Uh, the, the, um, the test, it has to be tested out to see what strength it is. Uh, there's resilience there. God wants our faith to hold out and, and accommodate all the things that we are believing for. And so many times we, we can get into that uh that kind of religious zone of of thinking it's going to happen uh one way and God really has a plan to happen another so we we do have to stay in con- stay connected with God stay in tune with him uh in tune with process and and to me the best way to stay in tune with God is to meditate on his word you know, and, and, you know, forget all these prophecies. I prophesy to you that, you know, so 15 people are going to get a million dollars by tomorrow, claim it and all that kind of stuff. You know, we, we have to steer clear of fantasy and stay with what's on the inside of you. And, and I can tell you right now, God takes care of needs first. You know, and, and I always tell people money's not your problem. Faith is confidence in God is your problem you know you money is not going to help you if your faith isn't where it needs to be and your relationship with God isn't what it needs to be either and so many times we we think we know the solution but we're so far from it and I think just connecting with God is the best way to get all your answers you know connecting with him is the best way to to um to to solidify uh what it is that you need in life and and where you're going to go so in proverbs 4:20 we'll start there this is the key to connecting with the healer inside of you 
Amen. And it's always to listen to his word. You've got to get an audience with the healer before you can receive what he has for you. You've got to have confidence in him and you've got to have trust in him. So inclining your ear to the word is what builds your confidence, what builds your trust, and what builds your faith. And the word also is itself its own medicine. And so when you listen to the word, you're actually giving yourself a treatment. That's the way I look at it. You're giving yourself medicinal treatment when you listen to the word. Amen. And that way we'll, we'll be more inclined to pay attention to the word. Cause you know, I've, I've talked to people over the years and I'll tell them, I said, well, you know, sometimes you have to continue to listen to the word over and over and over again. And they say, well, I like the word, you know, but they're not willing to commit to it on a, with a goal in mind. You know, uh, sometimes we want to just casually pick up the Bible and read it and feel good by what we read and, and, you know, put our time in or whatever. But I think it's always good. This scripture will work better for you if you have healing as your goal. I'm going to listen to this word until I'm healed. And if you don't have that as a goal, you'll take it a little too casually. You won't be as intent with it. You won't be as diligent with it. So it's good to have a goal in mind when you start paying attention to the word. I'm I'm listening until my healing manifests totally. I'm going to take this medicine until all my symptoms are gone. I can tell you that um, many years ago before I I committed to the word and was saved and understood the power that the word had to do everything it says it's going to do. I had a lot more symptoms that bugged me than I do now. And, and I can say that my trips to the doctor are few. I go because they make you go, you know, I got to take a pill here and a pill there, but all the symptoms are getting much better. Praise God. As I stay with the word. So I can tell you that the word is healing me now. As I speak every day, I'm getting more healed by the word of God. And we need to see ourselves that way as it's working in me now. I'm not waiting for some day to, to be healed. I am healed now and it's working in me now. And we'll begin to see progress. God will begin to point things out to us that maybe used to be troublesome to us, and we'll think about it. You know, it's been a long time since that bothered me, or that thing is gone now, or, you know, whatever. As you as you meditate on the Word and as you take the medicine of the Word, you'll find that the healer inside of you is always working. He's working to repair your body. He's working to uh, chase symptoms out. He's working to give you peace. He's working to give you understanding. He's working to... You know, just show you that you've got a friend that understands you. Sometimes we, we need that because we go to people and they pray for us and, you know, yada, yada. But nobody understands you and is a better friend to you than the Holy Spirit is. He's, he's your custodian. You've been handed over to his care. Uh, by the Father and the Son. And so he lives in you for the purpose of healing you. 
encouraging you, counseling you, teaching you, strengthening. He's your everything. So everything you need, you already have it on the inside. So he says, incline your ear to my sayings. That means to on purpose listen. Listen with a purpose in mind, not just casual. I'm going to read me some word and, and get my, put in my time because I got to, I got to, I got to read the word, you know, but read it with a purpose. I remember when I was a young Christian, I hadn't even been in a church or anything, but I understood enough about God and the Bible to go in the Bible in the areas where you need help. And sometimes you say, well, I don't really need help. Well, what do you believe in God for? What do you, what are you in now faith for? Well, I'm in now faith for so and so and so. We'll go in the word where that is. But I know all those scriptures. No, you don't. If you, if you, you probably do know them, but do you really believe in them? Do you really put your confidence in them? And so it, this thing that says, don't let it depart from your eyes. That's real important. Because so often we can meditate on a scripture in our heads and and have it in our hearts, but we skip keeping it before our eyes. If you put it before your eyes again, you'll probably get rid of the last of the symptoms. You understand what I'm saying? It it works like that sometimes. The things that we neglect doing, if we add those two and be obedient in it, that's usually the last thing that, that will need to be added to that so that we can get rid of the stupid thing once and for all. And it's not that we're suffering, and it's not that we're without help, but we need to get it done. You know, Jesus died for us to have the whole thing. So pursuing, I think pursuing divine health honors his sacrifice. You know, it honors the suffering that he went through. And it honors the pain that he endured on our behalf. So getting the whole thing will honor him. Amen. And it'll help you. So it's not just for you, but it's to honor God. When Jesus healed that guy that was born blind and the, the, uh, uh, religious people is even his disciples were in on it. Well, whose fault is it? You know, sometimes religion tries to make you seem intelligent, but you come up looking real stupid. Amen. And Jesus said, it's nobody's fault. He said, it's, it's for the glory of God. See, in the natural, we want to blame things. We want to find out why. We want to question everything. But Jesus says the questions are irrelevant. What, what's important now is does the devil continue to get glory and see this guy stumbling around? Are we going to let God get glory and give him his sight back? Amen. See, that's all that's important to God is that we get our healing. He get his glory. And, and it's, it's a good day. You know, it's a good day all around when we can get that the healer release the healer inside of us so that we can be healed or somebody we praying for can be healed. Something like that. Amen. I was a, a, a gentleman that does a lot of work for me. Um, I met him supernaturally. You know, sometimes you, if you think about things and how they come about, you kind of like see God in it and see God has a purpose in it. And so you want to 
want to see it through to the end, you know, to where, wherever God is leading it, you want to see it through. And so, um, I probably known him about four or five years. He stopped by my house. I had some siding missing on my house and he does siding and roofing. And, uh, he said, you know, I've been driving by this house over a year and, and I, I hadn't stopped in. I just said, well, maybe she doesn't need this. I said, what took you so long? And he just looked at me. I said, do you realize I've been praying for this at least a year? He, and he just laughed. He said, well, I'm here now. And, and so that's how the relationship started. And, and he's uh, been a smoker for all of that time. And, uh, he wanted to get rid of his cigarette. So I gave him a prayer cloth and he, he used it. He had it. And then he, he told me a couple of weeks ago, he said, they could do a procedure. I says, not hypnosis. No, 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 no. He said, it's a laser thing. They say that, that it's supposed to knock out the cigarette craving totally for you. And so I said, I said, he said, I'm going to do it. He said, I'm kind of excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. And I said, I said, well, let let me give you a prayer cloth. He said, oh, yeah. He said, that other one, I don't know what happened to it. He said, but I had that thing for the longest time. I said, well, you got a fresh one now. And so uh, he had the procedure. He called me maybe a week after he had it. And uh, he was telling me, he said, oh, I'm doing pretty good. He said, I figured out one thing. I cannot be around any smoke. He said, because that makes me want to smoke. And I said, he said, I've, I've Thought about buying a pack a couple of times, but I'm hanging in there. He said, I'm doing it. And, and then he said, my prayer cloth is working. See, it wasn't even about the procedure anymore. It's about God working for him. And, and see, this is, this is what your witness is all about when you're a believer, you know. And at some point, I know God will open the door for me to ask him if he's ever received Christ as his savior. I know it's going to come. Uh, and I'm believing it'll come through me because I want to, I want to make sure the job gets done. Amen. Amen. You want to do those things. And so, uh, you know, in, 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 you know, we've, remained even though it's a business relationship we've remained friends and and uh acquaintances and able to speak to each other not fall out and you know i don't do that with people as much as possible i try to keep relationships with people because i value people and i know god values people and so i know i'll get to the point where i can ask him the question. I can seal the deal, uh, so to speak. But I'm just so thankful God's work and, and he understands God's power. You know, he's transferring the responsibility of quitting from himself over onto God. See, and I was able to share my testimony. I said, to be honest with you, I wasn't even praying to get rid of cigarettes. I said, but God knew that was what I needed then. I said, so that helped me to trust him even more. Amen. And so these things, when you get opportunities, and you don't have to beat people over the head, and you don't have to twist their arms, and you don't have to speak out of turn or rush things through. Just settle down in who you are and let God guide your tongue. Let him guide your conversation. Always be honest with people. Always be truthful with them. You know, there have been times when I he would give me a price and I said whoa wait a minute hey hey hey, hold it you know that kind of stuff but we always worked it out and he he would explain 
what the what it why why it was that way and it just was was it's been good and so i just expect god to continue to do more he's got a mom he's very dedicated to her um uh, he devotes his whole sunday to going and caring for her and he's concerned because she has heart trouble and i gave him a prayer cloth for his mother as well and she's been still with us she's you know god will honor what you do in his name amen he always honors it so always be on the alert for god to speak to you about these things and have confidence in him it's not you're not healing anybody the healer does live in you but you got to turn him loose even though he lives in you you got to turn him loose in your life too and so what turns him loose is that we meditate in the word day and night and don't let it depart from our eyes. At the beginning of the day, wake up and thank God that you're healed now. I'm healed now, Jesus. I All my symptoms are gone now. And I thank you for my health now. Thank him for your finances. I thank you that I have total provision for everything that I need now. Amen. He's told us to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. So that means you have bread today. You got bread tomorrow. You got bread every day. Do you have shelter every day? Yes, you do. He will show you that you have shelter every single day. Amen. You have, you have friends every day. You have life every day. You have excitement every day. You have joy every day. You have all that every day. We just have to learn how to yield to that spirit and tap into it. Because it's there for us. Amen. The enemy wants you to keep focus on, I don't have this and I don't have that. And I don't have that. Well, people in hell don't have ice water either, but it ain't coming. But you've got everything. You need to tap into what you have. Amen. And stop living like you're deprived. You're not. Your daddy's rich and you're his heir. Amen. And you will get your fair share of everything by faith. You got to believe him for it. Amen. You can't whine for it. You can't get upset and demand it. You got to love him and honor him and act like you rich. Amen. Rich people don't talk about money all the time. I found that that, that's a dead giveaway for people who don't have much because they're focused. They're obsessed with it. You know, all the time. They always got to talk about God has got treasure for you, and you're this. Yeah, well, talk to yourself about it. You know, convince you, because it sounds like you're really not convinced. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to convince themselves through trying to convince other people. So, and I think sometimes people are very self-conscious. They're very aware what they need, and they think other people are aware of it too. See what I'm saying? This is what the the devil do that stuff to you. You start telling on yourself after a while, and and you you can tell faith words from fantasy words. You know what I'm saying? So stay away from that fantasy stuff. Stay in faith. Let God minister to your heart uh, what you have and and how you have it and and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, so Colossians 1.27. So we have that. uh, Don't let the word depart from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart. In other words, meditate on it in your heart. Think about it all the time. Make sure it's deep within. Because it's life to those that find it. So when you find those words on the inside of you and health to all your flesh, you have life and health all the time springing up on the inside of you. The healer 
uh, you come into agreement with the healer who lives inside of you. It says, put away from you, amen, or keep your heart with all diligence, because out of it are the issues of life. So guard what you believe. Guard what you listen to. Guard what you feast your eyes on. Guard all of that stuff, amen. It says, put away from you the forward mouth. In other words, a mouth that's deceived, deceitful and perverse and, and talks worldly and thinks worldly. Cut your eyes straight on and let your eyelids look straight before you. In other words, keep looking at God for your future. Amen. Keep looking toward him. Watch where you're going. Stay focused on where God has you headed. You're headed toward greater health. You're headed toward greater uh, ability, greater power, greater love, a sound mind. You're headed toward all of that. So keep your eyes focused on where God has you headed. Colossians 1 and verse 27. Let me see what it says here. Yeah. Uh, Paul is talking in verse 25. He says, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery which has been hid from the ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to all his saints to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery. So we've been given a mystery and it's been unveiled to us. And God is every day revealing to us the goodness and the glory and the riches that are in this mystery. So we are having Christ unveiled to us every day. We are having him revealed to us. What's on the inside of me? I got to know what that is. What is my potential in Christ and what's on the inside of me? And the only way to know that is through his word and let him speak to you through his word. This is for you. This is for you. This is for you. And this is for you. That's the way the mystery is unveiled to us. It's unveiled to us through prayer, through praying in the Holy Ghost, through meditating, through letting God make it big, letting God uh, uh, bring it back to us again. Never look at things that you've experienced as it's over and done and that's a phase in your life and, and it's it's gone. Always look to build on things. You know, God never erases a foundation. What he does is he may change some things in the building, but the foundation is always going to be the same. It's going to be the word, faith in the word, and faith in, in where the word has taken you. Even though he may do a new thing, he may change some things, but it's not going to be a radical departure from what you've done in the past. Because many times people look at what they've been doing and they're like, well, that, you know, I'm looking for something new and, you know, we kind of will, will start to, to, uh, push the old aside or disdain it or it's not good enough anymore. You know, like we do with an older car. You know, we start disliking it. I not something we crab or something like that. That's not faith. That's not how a, a heart with faith would, would operate. Uh, a faith-filled person would look at what they have as a treasure as unique 
and and it'll it'll serve as somebody else when I'm done with it. It'll serve as somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Uh, God never blesses crabs. He never blesses people who aren't grateful, and he never blesses people who don't don't understand value. And and like it's not valuable anymore. And you used it. It belongs to you still. You know that has your your fingerprints on it. It has your your name on it. it you know that's a part of you. And so we need to stop disliking ourselves through other things, I guess you could say. You understand what I'm saying? We, it, that's an easy thing to pick up and do. And so, you know, just, just, just understand that, you know, stay, stay directed toward heaven. Keep your gaze up and let God show you the value in things. Let him show you, uh, the promise in things. Let him show you what he thinks about things. And I think it'll be a whole lot better for us. We'll be ready to move into the new thing with grace and with dignity and in faith and expectation. You know, not trampling on something that we used to own to get to the next thing. But we can treat it of value because two days ago that was all you had. And it was serviceable and it was valuable. Now all of a sudden you don't like it. So we have to be careful about about that attitude. Always keep, like they say, the attitude of gratitude. And understand that your faith is taking you somewhere. It's building. You've got to stand on a foundation so that you can build on the next level. And so if you try to erase the foundation, you have nothing to build on. Amen. You know, there's a lot of truth in the scripture that says, honor thy father and thy mother, that it'll be well with you and you'll live long on the earth. I found that people who are critical of parents and I'm guilty. I was that way. Sometimes you just grow up in a, in a, a place in your head where you don't like anything, don't like anything about your background, like don't like anything about where you've been. People who have that begin to chip away at the foundation that they're standing on. So you begin to dig a hole for yourself instead of a platform. And if your life is going to go higher, you've got to start building a platform. And sometimes it's good to repent and say, God, you know what? I've been hating my upbringing, hating my parents, hating myself, been embarrassed about my life. That's a wrong attitude. Lord, show me how to get that straight so I can get a better platform to build my life on. Because many times people will live their life. You ever live your life and you think, well, I'm going to have this because I didn't have so-and-so. And so you ever think like that sometimes? You're trying to correct your parents. That's a dishonor. See what I'm saying? So you're going to have to go to God and, and find out how do I honor them? What does that mean to honor them? And God will begin to put your life together in the right way. You know what I'm saying? You'll find out there was something that God deposited that was good. I mean, even if it's just in one area of life, you'll begin to see that that was a godly deposit. He never leaves us bankrupt from our parents of anything good that they have put in us. Everybody's parent has put something worthwhile inside of them. You got me? 
And so once we begin to understand what it means to honor them, like for instance, I know for a fact that my parents left us a legacy of no divorce. They stayed with each other, even though they had their arguments, their fights, their ups, their downs. They stayed with one another. From that, I could see that divorce doesn't benefit anything and that if you prayed and you stayed faithful to God, he would turn it around somehow. That was left in me. And I didn't know I had that until I needed it. And so sometimes you don't know the good that they've done in your life until you get to where you need it in your life. You know, didn't that what they say? They say, one day you'll realize everything your mother told you was right. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so, and it's a good thing because you come into wisdom and you start to honor them. And then you, and see, the, re- the reason it doesn't go well with you is because you don't have a foundation to build on. If you constantly criticize your parents, and then sometimes people take it to other people in authority. You ever see people who don't listen to their bosses, don't listen to their people, their teachers, they listen to nobody. It's because they have within them this dishonor and distrust for authority because of parental, the way they think about parents, see? And your parents weren't as bad as you think they were. You just were forced to look at their flaws because that's all the enemy lets you see. Once you come into the kingdom, you begin to see as God sees. And that's what we need to ask him for. Let me see like you see, Lord. Let me see as you see. Is There's many people who don't speak to their parents. They're adults. They don't have any contact with them. Don't want to talk to them. Don't want to go back to to that. And they suffer for it. They'll, they don't have good lives. They don't have good marriages. They can't get along with anybody else. See, that's, that's a curse. You're supposed to be able to, to have friends if you show yourself friendly. But some of them don't know how to reach out and get out beyond themselves because they don't trust. And it, it's because they're too critical of, of, and God can't bless them. God can't look down and say, well, gee, let me, let me help you with this. Let me help you with that. Why? Because they put themselves in a place where he can't honor what they desire. Because they're dishonoring, they're in violation of his law. And so I always tell people, and don't try to, to pretend like you love your parents if you really don't. You gotta take that to God in prayer and say, God, you know, help me to get this right. I see what your word says. I wanna do your word. Show me how. Forgive me for being critical and angry even now at my parents. You understand what I'm saying? And allow yourself to come out of that. So, It'll be well with you, and you'll live long on the earth. You see these kids that get into car accidents and die at 16. You'll find some kind of rebellion in there. Or they they made the parents give them the car keys, and the parents didn't want to. That is a common story. Amen? And so the word of God is true, folks. I mean, all of it's true. But but we don't have to live like that. We can live long on the earth. It can be well with us. But sometimes we need to go back a little bit and get some of this stuff straightened out. You know what I'm saying? On a heart level. You know, just to 
just God help me examine myself. How do I really feel about my parents? You know, I'm so thankful that he helped me straighten all that out before they passed away. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I was able to get, and, and he's still showing me some things. He said, I, they, I, I had them to teach this to you. This is something that was handed down, uh, from their parents and their parents and their, it's a foundation that you can build a life on. Amen. And so those things are important. You know, the, these mysteries that God unfolds to us when Christ comes and lives inside of you, he begins to repair those broken places. He begins to, uh, bring, make all things new. You know, when, when you ask his forgiveness, he'll, he'll wipe the slate clean and then you'll begin to see the way he sees things. You know, uh, for years I thought my, my mother didn't care and I found out she prayed a lot, you know, and, and he said, you know, you can't blame her for things that didn't go right because she reached out to me the best she knew how. You understand what I'm saying? And and she trusted him more than I did. I was just learning how to trust him. And I found that she'd been trusting him for years. That's how food showed up when, when my dad spent all the money on and drank it all up. That's how we stayed, uh, you know, warm in the house. That's how everything happened. You know, I didn't like the way it was happening, but who am I to judge? You know, if I were in her place, I don't know if I could have done any better. See what I'm saying? And so it's just good to understand that the mysteries of, of Christ living in us are unfolding to us every day. There are insights and revelations we have yet to receive from him because we need to check in with the healer. He's not just the healer of physical disease. He's the healer of broken hearts. He's the healer of broken dreams. He's the healer of disappointments. He's the healer of broken relationships. He's a healer of relationships where betrayal has happened. Somebody you trusted that, that they were supposed to be with you till death do you part and they departed. He's the healer of all of that. And so we've got to let him loose on the inside of us. So this is the mystery. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the hope for everything that you need external is already internal. Amen. It's already internal. And God is testing us to see if we'll let him do it or if we'll try to go do it ourselves. Amen. I just like that, that testimony we shared, Normal Hayes, about that little girl who was reaching for Jesus until she got tired and he stood back and he said, I let that happen to show you that you have to totally trust me. You can't reach out and grab it. That's works. Faith is trusting him to come to you with it. Even though you think he's that close, and you, it won't hurt anything for me to reach out and grab this. You got to trust he loves you enough to bring it to you. Amen. That's just so amazing to me that it's so important to God for our faith to be that perfected, you know, to just trust him. You know, God, I'm not going to worry about a thing. I'm going to trust you. <laughs> I was talking to some, I think it was of you, Miss Pat. We were talking about your, your, uh, cousin 
and you were shocked at how he, I just, I don't even see how he does it, but it just seems like every time you look up, God's doing something for this man. You know, it is perplexing somehow because you, you're interested because that's the road you're on. You want to know how that works. And she says, he'll say things like, oh, I'm not worried about it. It'll, it'll, it'll be, there'll be more tomorrow or there'll be more, you know, real soon, that kind of stuff. She said, and it always shows up. <laughs> so I said, well, it must be faith. He must be trusting God. And so God has all, he's got relationships <laughs> with, with all of his kids. And it just shows you he fits them to fit the person. Amen. Now that's not her relationship. But it's his, hers works for her the way she has it, his works for him the way he has it. And so that's, that's God. That's, that's Christ in us. That's the mystery. Uh, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Cause he's gonna be glorified. He's gonna bring your answer. He's gonna bring what you need. He's gonna bring your help. He's gonna bring everything. But we gotta keep our little hands off of it. And trust him to bring it through to us. Amen. Cause I'm telling you, the way our minds race, there's a bunch of stuff we could do beside trust God and get ourselves in a whole bunch of trouble. Amen. Or not make any progress, retard the process, jumping out in the flesh. And so it says, he says to make known what is the riches. There's wealth in the glory of God. In fact, that's what glory means. It means to be weighty, heavy, and rich. And it's the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. That means mature, understanding, relationship with God. Amen. Understanding things, the things that, that were a mystery, still a mystery in a lot of ways, but God's unfolding the mystery to us. He's getting us to know him, to know about him, to know how he works with us. So Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. This mystery was hid <clears throat> through the ages. Emmanuel is with us and it is revealed to us in the latter day. When Jesus ascended, he gave gifts unto men, and he released himself into our hearts. The Bible says the day spring from on high has visited us. He brings all light, all glory, all help, everything we need. Jesus brings that with himself. He left the Holy Spirit to cooperate with our new creation man to help lead and guide us into all the truth and complete his work on the earth. One of our purposes is to complete the work of the ministry down here on earth. And so that's why there's such wealth in us. It's too much for us by ourselves. So it's for us to share with others. Amen. When we talk about the riches of the mystery, that's way too much for one person. That's not just for you and your needs, but that's for the gospel. And then Paul said, part of the reason is to make known the mystery and to preach it and to warn people and to get them in line with, with the teaching of God so that they can, can, uh, uh, go forth and be accepted by God just like we are. In Mark 16, 17 and 18, God gave us a mandate 
as believers, you're familiar with it, but we're going to read it again so that you go out and do. Amen. Just keep in mind, God can put anybody, say, God, my ability to witness is now. My ability to pray for the sick is now. My ability to testify for you is now. Put somebody in my path now that I can share the gospel with, and he'll do it. If we look at that ourselves as having that mission and that mandate all the time, God will put people in front of us all the time. That's the way it works. Amen. You don't have to fast and pray for 40 days, and then finally somebody drops out of the sky, and you get to to ask them if they know Jesus, and they say, yeah, do you? (laughs) Expect him to put somebody in front of you that you can talk to God about. Amen. It's funny. It'll come up anytime. When I take Coco to the vet, they know the, the red, the red ribbon in her collar. They know who she belongs to. Amen. Because that's her prayer cloth. I keep it on her at all times. I'll offer it to people there. Her groomer has one all the time. I say, you have a prayer cloth still? I don't think I do. I say, I'll bring you one. She says, okay. You understand what I'm saying? It, it's, it's that way. So, so that's our witness to the world. Amen. And, and her, her appearance may not be 100%, but we, we are healed now. See, we're healed now. We're, your witness doesn't become active when everything's right in your life. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> your witness is active now. I can tell you right now that there's nobody more qualified than you to pray for a sick person that gets in front of you. Amen. If that person appears before your face, you are the one to do the job. Amen. And ask God to give you boldness to speak it out. Can I pray for you? Amen. And just allow your faith to work like that. So we have a mission. Mark 16, go into all the world, preach the gospel to everybody. Don't leave anybody out. Don't look at people and say, well, they don't look like they going to let me do anything. They never do. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They'll cast out devils, speak with new tongues. You know what people start doing? They argue with people when they get to verse 16. Like, who's saved and who's damned? Who's saved is who shows the signs. Just step out and act like a believer and let the signs follow you. Amen. So when you show the signs, you don't have to worry about verse 16. Amen. Uh, whether you're saved or not, you are saved and you know you're saved. And so you have, you have authority in verse 18. They'll take up serpents and scorpions. If they drink any deadly thing, it won't hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So this protection works in you. You have a protection against any kind of, um, uh, injury, poison coming into your life. Amen. It, you know, it, don't worry if you have a, a, a stomach ache, don't worry what caused it, just rebuke it. Amen. And, and start working from that angle. Use your faith. Your faith doesn't work in reverse. It works in the now. Amen. So whatever's going on now, take authority over it. If you don't take authority, you're going to be chasing it for a while. 
Amen. Wondering, I wonder what I ate that made me act like this. You didn't eat anything that made that you're covered by this scripture. Amen. And quit going backwards. Go forwards. Amen. Go in the now. Right now, the Bible says, if I eat any deadly thing, you didn't eat any deadly thing. You just ate food. Amen. Far as I know, food ain't deadly. They ain't killed me yet. Amen. 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 It's, it's just true. You know, you, you have to stop looking at your body so much. Consider not. Amen. Amen. Consider not. I, I kept giving Coco something that kind of made her have, uh, a diarrhea. And I was telling the Lord, I said, maybe I need to back off from this. And I said, no, you know what? We're going forward. We're going to bless this. You know, even though it's it's inconvenient to have a dog that's a little poopy extra, a little extra poopy, but we're working on it, amen? We're going to stay in the word. We're going to keep going forward, amen? But I did take it. They have a a, a chicken jerky that's on a skewer like a lollipop, and I think I made a giving her too many lollipops in one day. See, the more she howls, the more I give her. So I'm going to have to learn how to cut it off. I know, bad mommy, bad mommy. Like y'all, you know, y'all looking at me like, this woman's nuts. <laughs> you don't give your kid too much candy. But anyway, we working on it. So anyway, <laughs> amen. <laughs> so we have immunity from sickness. You know, you can't keep dropping what God's doing and running after symptoms. Amen. So just quit chasing them. Amen. And, and call yourself healed and get up and keep it moving. Amen. So, um, your redemption is already purchased. Amen. You have everything you need in you right now. Amen. You just need to start activating it more with the word, meditating on the word. It begins to get stronger in you the more you meditate on the word and with your faith. Amen. So there is a set price for everything promised to us. Jesus paid the full price with his life. That's the ultimate price is full price. Our life now is a redeemed life. It has been purchased and we are brand new in Christ Jesus. Amen. So the healer lives in you. We are brand new. We are redeemed. Amen. We have a mission to go forth to, to, uh, increase. See, the be fruitful and multiply still applies to us as believers. Now it's spiritual increase. Before, when Adam and Eve were on the earth and and before we were redeemed, it was all natural. But now it's a spiritual increase. And so what God is looking for us to do is kind of trade in the natural for the spiritual, knowing that the natural will follow automatically. See, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All the things will follow you. So when in the old covenant, Israel chased after things because they had to that's all they had they didn't have the holy ghost living in them they didn't have the cross they didn't have redemption so they knew god was with them by if they had crops if they didn't have crops that's how they knew by natural signs we're not to live like that anymore so 
the fact that you've got a Mercedes or you've got a Volvo or you've got a, a, a Volkswagen makes no difference whatsoever. See, that's not a sign that God, your faith is great or God's doing great things for you. Your material side, that means nothing. What means something is what you have on the inside. Is God developing your faith? Are you fulfilling the great commission? Are you at peace with God and all men? The, the inner things are what God, we're being conformed to his image. That's his our primary purpose for living now is to be more like Christ. So it's a spiritual increase now. So we're able to increase in our spirit and that manifests in the form of souls one to Christ, healings that we perform, prayers that get answered on behalf of God's kingdom that increases kingdom that allow his kingdom to to manifest in the earth. And then stuff follows you. you got to trust God for the stuff following you. God, if I do this for you, I expect that you'll take care of all the things that I'm not really praying, quote unquote, for. You can stand in faith for those things, but don't spend a whole lot of time carrying on with God about things that are going to perish. Keep yourself busy doing the things that are valuable to him. What he wants is people brought into heaven on your account. You got me? That's very important to him. It's so important to him that if you do that for him first, he'll take care of you in a material realm very easily. Very easily. And you don't have to strive for something to do for God. Anything, you give a cup of cold water in his name. You know? You don't have to have none of what we call big. It's nothing to God usually. It's big to us because we ain't used to doing nothing much. You know what I'm saying? We're still yet carnal, as as Paul would say. But but the things that we do that are kind, you know, just just a kindness thing, uh, things that we do that that mean we persevered with God, we didn't quit. You understand what I'm saying? God, I'm still going to work on this relationship. You know, it's important to me that you're glorified in my relationships with people. Don't read Facebook. Them people have you mad at everybody. Or they're not worth your time. Or God separated you from, well, who do you think you are? If that's your attitude, you're not worthy of human company almost. You understand what I'm saying? If people try to build you up. Don't let your flesh get built up and be a crazy person. Be the person who's going to, the handmaiden of the Lord. What happened to that? I think there's great honor and dignity in that. You know, sometimes people look at, at your humility and they're turned off by it because they, they're not humble themselves. Sometimes you can't recognize what you don't possess. And see, they think they're full of faith and power and they're just arrogant and fleshly and, you know. Sometimes people look at you and think you don't have much because you you don't brag about it. I don't get on Facebook and tell people what I want. I got that's the craziest thing. It ain't their business. I don't know what I got until somebody tell my bank account tells me. I just live from day to day by faith, doing what God tells me to do. I don't stop to count up and add up nothing. You got me. 
So I don't need to look like I own the whole world. My father owns it. That's good enough. And he's a loving God. I know I'll get my fair share. You understand what I'm saying? All I do is just, 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 as they say, just be cool and don't mess up. Amen. I had, I knew a, a guy years ago. I think I, when I was doing hair, I think he was a customer of mine and he was talking about somebody he knew, a, a guy he knew. And he was saying, yeah, he said that brother, I said, I'm so mad at him. He said he was married to this woman and she was a hardworking woman, had three businesses. He said all he had to do was be cool. <laughs> and he blew it. He was mad at him. I said, yeah, I kind of know what you mean. You know what I'm saying? I said, that's all we got to do in God is just be cool. You know, just don't blow it. You know, he's not looking for great, great things because he's great. If he wants to make you do great things, he can, but he's going to do it so he can get all the glory. You're not going to be grinning and shining at people about what you can do. Amen. You're going to be your humble little self. Amen. So, so he gave believers a mission. We have a mission to take his good news to everybody. Amen. He'll open doors, great and small. Don't be excited because somebody who has a famous name. You understand what I'm saying? When, you know, when, when, uh, famous people get saved, everybody talks about it. And that soul is no more valuable to God than yours is. Amen. So, so we call it the full gospel ministry, but it's really the only ministry that Jesus left to us. Amen. It is full gospel, but it's full power. So it's a full power ministry. And we have the same ministry Jesus had when he walked on earth, which means we can do everything he did through him who lives inside of us. Amen. So God always had a covenant of healing with man ever since sin entered our lives. In fact, before the foundation of the earth, the lamb was slain. He gave his his life then by his word. At Calvary, it was performed and fulfilled. So God always fulfills his word. If he says in the beginning, I'm going to give my life for them, at some point he has to actually do that. So Calvary was was a place where he gave his life because he had given his word. He was able to heal people under an old covenant that was a based on God's word only covenant and not based on a finished work. The finished work allowed the covenant to be performed without fail. The old covenant had failure in it. Because it depended on the natural realm. It depended on man's flesh to carry it out. So if we didn't feel like being our, bringing our sacrifice every year, we didn't have to do it. And oftentimes Israel drifted over into worshiping the same gods that the pagans around them worshipped. Because they just got distracted and didn't get pulled back over into God. So God then had to leave that covenant in force as a testimony to I told you how to live for me. I told you what I expected, but you were unable to do it. Now I'm going to send somebody who will do it and do it right. And that was Jesus. 
And so anybody who was honest, who was, who was a servant of God, was an honest servant, ooh, I'll be glad when Messiah gets here. Because we're not going to have this problem anymore. We're going to be able to worship God. All the promises they gave about the Messiah. He would be Emmanuel, God with us. Wow. God's going to be with us. He's going to be in us. I can hardly believe that. But that's going to settle the problem. And when Jesus came and he preached to them and taught them about the kingdom, they put it together and they say, this is the one that the Bible's been speaking of. We finally have something to really believe in. So they had the same reaction when Jesus walked the earth and preached. That good news had the same reaction on people that it does with us now. There are going to be some people who are going to be offended and not going to really want to believe it, but it's true anyhow. And that word will continue to work on them until they either totally reject it or they submit and begin to believe it. And if we will put our faith in it, they will submit and begin to believe in Jesus that he is the answer to every problem you have. But you don't understand. I, my problem is so-and-so don't like me, and they don't do that for me, and they don't, yeah, you should know my family, honey. They treat you so bad. No, but he is the answer. Amen. And once we stop fighting it and begin to understand that we don't have the answers, but God does, and he sent a messenger to me to tell me, that he's the answer for me, then then we'll continue to wrestle with these problems. But the Holy Spirit is so powerful. He continues to work with people and begins to convince them of what the truth is. And so all we need to do is pray that they will receive the truth. Lord, I'm asking you to, to hover over this person. Amen. And, and help them to receive the truth. Amen. You know, God showed that to me years ago about many people that I had prayed for and many that said they weren't going to, well, you know, I mean, that's okay for you, but now you, you keep your Jesus. I'm not saying I don't want you, you know, I don't have nothing against you serving him, but I'm not going to do it. And the Lord showed me, he said, now see, he said, that person refused me. So it's my job to follow them and convince them that my word is true. And eventually they all caved in. Amen. They all caved in. So I thank God for that. And I hold out for everybody to cave in. Amen. I don't, I don't believe nobody can't be saved. Amen. I believe they all can be saved because that's where my faith is and I'm not moving my faith dial. And he doesn't send me to people who can't be saved. He sends me to people who can be saved. So that's his business to figure that out. My business is to, is to take the message. So we have a full power ministry. It's the same as when Jesus walked the earth. We can do everything he did through the power of the Holy Spirit. God always had a covenant of healing with man since sin entered our lives. The price was paid before the foundation of the world with his word. Redemption, however, was made available through Calvary. Amen. We were purchased back when the full price was paid. So Jesus starts out with faith in his word. Just like we do. See, when, when before the foundation of the earth, 
The plan of redemption was made. It was finalized as a contract between God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So they all gave their word. We know man is going to fail. When he fails, we have to send redemption for him to get him back. Jesus volunteered to go. So he gave his word, and the faith in his word is what carried Israel to health when they needed it. It was just his word and faith in his word. Then the manifestation came at Calvary, and that released the Holy Spirit for everybody. So just like God tells us to start out believing his word, when you pray, believe, you receive it, and you'll have it. When Jesus said, I'll go and I'll pay the price, he believed he was going to carry it out, and that allowed Israel to have a portion of health and to actually have divine health if they would obey the word. Where they fell short, was in the obedience factor. Calvary fixed that for us. So now we don't have to obey God just from him working on the outside of us. We have him on the inside of us. And so the word continues to build on the inside of us. We continue to be more like Christ on the inside of us. We continue to have more growth, more areas of our life that, that were, were a problem and a failure. They continue to get better and, and trouble leaves us. Health comes to us. Wisdom comes to us. Knowledge comes to us. Understanding comes to us. We begin to be able to do all things through Christ. The Israelite couldn't say that because Calvary hadn't been acted out yet. So Jesus had faith that he was going to go to the cross for us from the foundation of the earth. And his faith is what caused Israel to have divine health or the ability to walk in it. He knew they wouldn't do it perfectly. So he came to fix that. So the new covenant replaces the old because the old was weak. It was it, Nothing is done away with if it's perfect. Amen. It's like when people tell you, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Because you'll break it. Amen. Every time you go around trying to change something for the sake of changing it, you mess it up. Because wisdom and knowledge and ability grow. It builds from one level to the next level to the next level. And so if something's broke, don't go trying to change it and fix it. Just for the sake of, yeah, I think it'll look better if we prettied it. No, it won't. Just leave it like it is. Let it perfect itself. See? So we have Mark 16, 17, and 18. And, and that is for us to fulfill. Go into all the world. When you see people, ask them if they need prayer for something. Can I pray for you for something? You know, and just ask God to keep you in the spirit so you're not in the flesh just bugging people. Amen. And, and allow people to, to get to know you and get comfortable. Amen. So the price was paid before the foundation of the earth. It was manifested at Calvary. So because the price was paid, Jesus gave his word. He was going to do it. Amen. Then that allowed them to have benefit of the healing covenant. 
No, even though it hadn't been Calvary yet. It's amazing. God gave them a deposit of it to give them faith and expectation for the rest of it. Now, isn't that like what he tells us to do? Mark eleven twenty three. When we say, I receive it now, we get a deposit of it. And then the rest of it shows up. We believe we receive it now. And the rest of it shows up in due season. Amen. It's the same process. It's the same happening. God doesn't deviate. So Mark eleven twenty three isn't new. It's old. It's as old as the word is. Amen. Because Jesus gave his word that we would have divine health at all times. We'd have access to everything at all times. And it's carried out as we believe we receive. Amen. So when you tell God you receive it now, it's up to him to make it come to pass. Mark eleven twenty three says it will come to pass. Amen. So once you believe you've received it already, get peace about it coming to pass. You know, just make yourself quit doubting in your head. Make yourself quit wondering and just say, God, I thank you. It will come to pass. Just like you said, my words will come to pass. So <clears throat> uh, God is not trying to save us or to heal us. We already saved. We're already healed. By faith, we accept salvation. So the Savior comes to live on us when we're born again. And the healer comes in when we're saved. The deliverer comes in. The wealthy person comes in. The peaceful person comes in. Everything that we need comes in the moment we're born again. Salvation is not an act. It is a person. Amen. So when the Savior comes in, you are saved from beginning to end. Amen. That one act of inviting him in takes care of every need you'll ever have. Healing is not an act. It is a person. So Jesus the healer, I would much rather have the person living in me than to have a one-time healing and wonder if it'll ever happen again. Amen. You know, somebody who does a lot for you, you won't go live with them. Isn't that what the disciples Jesus would go away by himself and pretty soon these 12 boys would come following him, seek him. And, and Peter told him, he said, all men seek for you. I said, isn't that the truth though? Everybody's looking for Jesus, don't know it, don't know who they're looking for, what they, but when they find him, they know they've got the right thing. Isn't that true? I don't know of a person that says they really received Christ that regrets that decision. Amen. They think they do. <laughs> you know, I've had some think that seen some people think it's too much to ask, you know, to do all this. You know, it's, that's too much to ask, you know. Just, oh, Pastor Barb and them, they work you too hard over there. That's how I got sick. I heard somebody say that. They blamed working for God for some sickness they had. Just as twisted as you can be. Amen. Working for God is detrimental to your health. 
Well, you see it plastered everywhere. Pray for your pastor. They they do this and they do that. Listen, if a pay your pastor don't have enough relationship with God to keep himself peaceful, that's what he needs to do. Cultivate his own. Re- I'm, I'm not saying don't pray for people. Don't get me wrong. Pray for people. But you're not desperate. You're not falling apart because you're serving God. Really? The devil is a liar. A big fat liar. So Jesus the healer is alive and well and he lives in every vessel that he indwells. Let him live large in you. Let him, when it says enlarge the borders of your tent, that ain't telling you to go look for a mansion. That means let the, the, the healer, deliverer, savior, let the savior live bigger in you. Get, take down some of the barriers you got in your heart and your mind to him doing something in you. Let some of that stuff go, that little bit you still holding on to you think is so important. Don't keep hiding stuff from him. He knows everything. So enlarge that border. Full surrender is what he requires. He's not taking no part-time. I remember with, I guess I can share this, when, when we started, uh, we were starting the ministry and setting up the different departments and stuff, um, our, our, uh, audio video or video gentleman, uh, he said, I'm gonna start praying for my help. I don't like these part-timers. <laughs> Because people would come in and he'd teach them how to run the camera. And before you know it, they'd gone someplace else or absent for a few days. You know, he said, no, I'm getting rid of these part-timers. I need full-time people, you know. And that's so God. You know what I'm saying? That's the way God is. He never blesses. You don't want part-time blessings from God. Why settle for that? You want the full time everything that that he has for you. You want the full thing. You don't want scraps. You're not a dog eating crumbs from the table. You've got a seat at the father's table. And that's where the children eat. Amen. Sit up in your place at your table. You know, learn how to use all the utensils on there, the knife and the fork and all that stuff. Amen. Start having some table manners and engage the father in conversation. Amen. Allow him to minister to you and desire the best that God has for you. You don't have to feel like you deserve it. You know, if we quit thinking crazy, just receive it. You ever just receive something because somebody put it in your hand? You don't have to deserve stuff. Don't be so resistant to everything. You know, reluctant. Humble yourself. There's grace to receive anything that's offered to you. You don't have to, you don't have to wait for, for you to feel like you deserve it. You'll never feel like it. Keep listening to the devil and see what you have. You'll walk out of here one day and say, you know what? If I had so and so and such and such as somebody offered me, ever been there? Think about it. See, we thought we were being humble and waiting on God and all that, and that was God right there. Ah! Oh, Pastor Barb, that hurts so bad. I don't care. 
It hurt me first. I had to receive it before you did. It is true. You know, Jesus coming to us in another form. He disguises himself. Amen. He'll come to us in a form with somebody we think can offer us nothing. Just to see if we'll look for him in it instead of looking for what we think we want. So we must give him the freedom to do his will in us and through us. Do your will to heal me and heal through me. And when we do that, then we have enlarged the border of our tent on the inside of us. We've made Jesus large on the inside of us. We are living large. And I'm not talking about things that perish, but I'm talking about spiritual things. The, our covenant is better because it's carried out through the sinless spirit of God. Which means that everything we pray for will come back to us without fail. Whatever we put our faith and confidence in, it will pay off without fail. And so we have a no-fail covenant because it's a spiritual covenant. So if we cultivate the things of the Spirit first and let material things follow after us, then we'll be blessed beyond measure. Amen? Because sometimes pursuing material things takes you so long to get them, you never get them. You get in debt, there's sorrow added to it. So just obey the word. It'll be a temptation at what you say, God, you doing it yet? What you working on? Got anything for me? Where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it at? He'll let you do that for a season till you really trust him. Take him at his word. God, you said you were going to do it and I trust you. And just leave it alone. Just let it, and just keep thanking. If you want to do anything, thank him all day long for it. Whatever it is. He loves to hear Thanksgiving. He loves to hear from us. Put it on more of a spiritual note. Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for my husband. I thank you for my wife. I thank you for my children, not yet born. I thank you for my education, my future. Thank him for all things. My good house, my property that I own. Amen. All of that. There's a lot to be thankful for. Past, present, and future. Thank you for that they are now things. I have them now. Amen. Let your little borders be so full on the inside. Amen. What's all in there? Ooh, you got a lot of stuff in there. Yes, I do. I have it all now. Amen. I have it all now without fail. Don't think about, oh, well, he won't give it to me. Why not? Give it to you if you believe. He's not looking at you. He's looking at your faith. It's not about you. It's about faith. That's all it's about with God and that he loves you, whether you do or not. Amen. He loves you. So, Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for goodness and mercy that comes through us through your holy word. We love you. We thank you. We bless you. And we praise you in Jesus name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Amen. He's good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Amen. Ooh, okay, we're going to do our declaration. Everybody in here is Rona free. 
<laughs> Not looking for that queen to come up and lash herself onto anybody. Amen. I don't have Rona. And she don't have me. I can't get Rona. And she can't get me. And I thank you, Lord, that by your stripes, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It is so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen.